0: Praise, Praise the Lord. Anybody have any challenges this week? Amen. I'm telling you, without challenges, how good, how would we know when we're having a good week? Amen? Challenges uh, are to just what it says to challenge us with our walk, with our thoughts, and and uh, where we desire to be as compared to where we are. Amen. Amen? Praise the Lord. Thus, I want to speak to you today in Galatians 6, chapter 6. If you're opening your Bibles, you're. you're uh, phones or whatever you have or you can look on the screen. But I want to tell you that the Gentiles were being told they, they had to follow Jewish laws to, uh, um, in Galatians and Paul was addressing that. They were told that they had to be circumcised and eat special foods or certain foods and celebrate Jewish, um, Jewish customs. Feast days. So Paul who had the authority, they were saying had no authority from God. See, Paul had all authority, didn't he? And I tell you, we have all authority as God has called us and prepared us and equipped us and said that I will dwell within you. We have the authority that Paul had to cast out demons, to to walk in a righteous way of life. But we have to choose that. And I tell you, in Galatians, there were many uh, followers that that, that were speaking other things. We need to live... Uh, by the law of love, amen? amen. Not the, Judas, the, the Judaisms, they were talking about they had to still live by the law, the letter of the Jewish laws. And I tell you, God, Jesus didn't come to abolish the laws, but to uphold them, but He also in the New Testament um, talks about a law of love. And that's what we are free to follow. Because love covers a multitude of sin, doesn't it, guys? A multitude of sin. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that I would decrease, that you would increase. May your word come forth with power and authority. Lord, may it hit the target. May it hit the heart that you designed it for today, Lord. For I believe it's no mistake the word or those who are here today. So, Lord, I pray that you would speak to each heart. Lord, that your spirit would reveal the truth to our spirit. That you are with us. That you are for us. That you have called us. That you have placed us. Lord God, you're returning to get us to that place you prepared for us. May that be a reality in each life, I pray. May it cut through the darkest of circumstances. And Lord God, may it bring hope to the hopeless. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Galatians 6.1 says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, for you also may be tempted. And that word would seem... Pretty nonchalant, and just carry it with Jesus. Sounds like something Jesus would say, wouldn't he? But so today I'd like to begin to break this down for us a little bit. I'd like to look at what he's really saying. He starts off with brothers. He talks about you are who's spiritual. What does it mean to be spiritual? What does it mean to restore gently? What does it mean to be tempted? Sounds like pretty simple things, doesn't it? But I tell you, his brothers, he's talking to a crowd or community converted uh, among you, those who have come to believe in Jesus, brothers and sisters, comrade in battle. Do you ever consider your brothers and sisters a comrade in battle? Do you consider them to be as in the military? And and in the military, uh, they have a purpose to go and defend and to go and to uphold certain standards no matter where they go. And I tell you, God has called us to be in the army of God. But he also called us to be brothers and sisters. So, first of all, we need to understand that as brothers and sisters, we can be comrades in battle. And in battle, there are those who fall. Amen? There are those who fall, and there are those who are wounded, and those are some who seemingly lose their life as fellow warriors. We have to understand. That there is a battle raging on, guys. No matter what we see going on, there are things in the spiritual world that are going on trying to lead people astray, trying to cause people to stumble along this journey, along this battle road. We're thinking we're walking through life and just enjoying life, but I tell you, there's a battle for your soul. There's a battle for every soul going on in the spiritual realm. In the heavenly realms, there's a battle for our souls. But I tell you, in the enemy, there's a battle also to destroy our souls. So we have to understand that as brothers and sisters, we become comrades not only in fellowship, but in battle. And in battle, it talks about caught up in a sin. I'm breaking it down for you a little bit today. I've just covered brothers, those who have come to believe in the Lord, those who walk beside one another in times of trouble, in times of battles. Those who don't leave anybody behind. Boy, how many Christians have shot a Christian? We all have. We let them go. We walk away. We speak to them in discouragement. We wash our hands of them. It also goes on to say, caught in a sin. And, and I tell you that Paul himself carried uh, the scars of persecution and hardships. He carried those scars, those signs that he, that he walked with the Lord. But he also carried them in, uh, in a sense that I tell you, we're not going through this life unscathed. And that comes through battles. Sure. Scars come through battles in our personal life. In the battles that we fight for others in their lives, you will become scarred. You will, be, you will have uh, evidence of those scars. It doesn't mean that you have to become fallen, but I tell you, you will walk and show scars. Do you know realize that Jesus carried scars in His hands and His feet, didn't He? Yes. For the battle that He took for us, the scars that, that ripped the flesh off His back. You will become scarred as a Christian. If you're not being scarred, then you have to realize or ask yourself, have I truly been in a battle? Or am I just walking the easy road? Caught in a sin. So I tell you, as we catch someone in a sin or they admit to their sin, you have to begin to think differently. You have to begin to see them as a fellow warrior who has fallen along the way, who has tripped along the way, who has been scarred along the way, who needs a healing time. If there's a warrior who's been, he- been, been slashed or shot or hurt, what do they do? They carry them off and they begin to minister to them. They begin to heal them. They begin to stand beside them and they'll even give their own life for them. But yet as Christians, do we see that from not a military state, but do we see that as a spiritual warfare that's going on? What are we willing to do that one would become healed or saved again? Not that they've lost their salvation, but they begin to walk strong in the battle, become a warrior standing beside you once again. We have to look at these fellow warriors as fallen or wounded. Those who have fallen out, have fallen away or slipped away or batchlid and we have all kinds of names for them. Those you haven't seen for a while. Those who have been drawn away. If you caught them in a sin, it says to restore them gently. Do you realize that a wound comes unexpectedly many times? What warrior expects to be wounded today? Oh, we know it's a possibility every time you go into battle. But what warrior would would walk in fear of the wound because if he does, then he's really not living up to his potential to begin with. So unexpectedly and by surprise and suddenly, he trips on the journey. I'm talking of a backslidden person. I'm talking of you and me in a day that our, that our hope doesn't seem to be as high as it could and we walk with a downtrodden look. We begin to carry so many burdens that we, that we seemingly lose our joy. This is a fallen or a person who is slipping, who has been wounded. What happens? It talks about coming to temptation. When you're wounded, you're tempted to do a lot of things. Temptation. But I tell you the truth is, no one's exempt from temptation. Jesus was tempted. David was tempted. Sarah was tempted. Paul was tempted every day. Challenged. There's no one exempted from Satan's prowling against us. If you think you're above Satan's prowling against you, then you're not doing any good work for the Lord. Because Satan already has you and you're deceived and you're not living up to a potential beyond what we can do. The greater things that he talks about are not in us, but the greater things we do by faith, by following the Lord and His timing and in His direction. Truth is, the fallen need help, not criticism. The fallen need help, not criticism. Oh, you, you poor soldier, he told you to keep your head down. <laughs> Never mind he moved when the commander said move. And the enemy caught him in in that action. Never mind you're arriving to the battle, you're trying to get to somewhere, and and someone says something that wounds you, you know, all of a sudden an explosion happens. We know about those things today. Do we criticize the one going to the battle? Do you criticize the one who's doing the work of the Lord? May not even be caught in a sin, but yet it would cause us to sin. He talks about, it talks about uh, spiritual uh, things, and I tell you, we need to be spiritual people. We need to be people of spiritual, and, and you who are spiritual, it says, those who are caught in a sin, you are, who are spiritual should restore them gently, but, but what reveals the degree of spirituality that we have? If we need to be spiritual to restore them because it's a spiritual battle. We've already said that. Then what is, what is the degree that we are spiritually fit to, to help someone? Who can be a medic without the training? We're talking spiritual training here. Who can be a medic well, we all can be a medic, we can rush in and carry somebody out, but how about stop the bleeding, make sure they're breathing, and, and to, to carry them out to get them to a place of safety where we can, we can work on them and begin to speak and minister. So what is it? We need to understand that the degree of peace we have in a storm is an indication if you are spiritual or not. If we're one I'm just running around for fears because there's been darts being thrown and things are happening, if we're one running around repeating gossip and all these things are in fear doing nothing at all, then, then we have no peace in the middle of the storm. So therefore are we spiritual that we can restore anyone? Does that make sense? We have to be rooted on the rock. We have to understand this, that, that it's a spiritual battle. We have to understand that we need to have <coughs> love and godly love. Because if not, we begin to judge and we begin to criticize and we begin to abandon. All the while thinking we're spiritually fit to do battle. Because it is a battle that we're in. And it's a fallen warrior that we're dealing with if they've come to believe. The degree of peace we have in the storm will indicate how spiritually we really are because are we trusting in the Lord? Or are we trusting in our own strength and my own ability to do what is right? And we will surely fail. Do we forgive those who offend us? Whoa. How quickly do you offend? How quickly do we offend? How quickly do we forgive someone who's offended us? Or do we carry that on and we begin to think about it day and night? We meditate on offense and, and, oh, I should have, could have, and maybe I still will do this. Instead of asking them to forgive and asking them... uh, to go to them and to make amends. We know about the offerings. You know, if you have ought against your brother, we know all those stories. They're not stories, they're the truth. How do we respond to advice or correction? Who? If a spiritual brother or sister comes to you, tries to give you advice or help correct that sinful attitude in your life, how do you respond to them? I'm talking to believers, mature believers. Those who are growing in their faith. But yet, how do we respond when someone gives us advice or correction? Do we become offended? Do we become, who is he to talk to me about this or that or anything for that matter? See, these are indications of how spiritually we are. And if we're not spiritually fit, it's like an army person who is not physically fit to run to get to where the battle is. Spiritually, if we're not in a good place to respond or, or, or to accept advice and continue doing the things that we are called to do or, or handle correction prov- properly, then we need to understand where we are spiritually. Man, it's quiet in here. I said ouch when the Lord was speaking to me about these things. <laughs> where are you? when someone gives you advice that you need to read your word more someone gives you correction because you're responding incorrectly as a Christian ought to we're thinking wrong we're we're criticizing instead of lifting up we're gossiping instead of making the call to them to see how can I help you how respond to those who have fallen or failed A spiritual question. How do we respond to those who fall or fail? (laughs) Do we get mad at them and chew them out? Sometimes. But guess what? Is our purpose to restore them or is our purpose to criticize them? To single them out? To, and our willingness to show them how unhappy we are with them, do we respond not with light, but put them in the darkness where there is no return from? Are we willing to give the glory to God? Are we willing to lift ourselves up through their sinful nature? We allow them to receive praise for the good things they're doing or are we so busy criticizing and singling out and rejecting and... See, i got to tell you guys that these things are spiritual checks on ourselves. But as we deal with a wounded person, fallen person, how can two that are wounded get themselves in a good place? See, if we're responded as a wounded duck or wounded ourselves, then we not, do we not have the strength to draw, pick somebody else up? We have to understand that two wounded is a pretty serious place. So so we have to be spiritually strong for when suddenly, when the wound comes suddenly and unexpectedly all surprised that we're not surprised because the enemy is prowling around, but we are prepared to do as a medic would do to minister the love of Christ and, and minister the advice from Christ. Does that make sense? To be the light in a dark place. Those who are fallen are in a dark place. He was wounded as many times away from the Lord who is who is running and fighting in the darkness. He's not in a good place. He's a long ways from home. I tell you we are called and required to respond in a spiritual manner. Those of you who are spiritual. <laughs> how many of you think you're spiritual today? knowing that we are called and we are responsible for our actions and because how we respond is going to affect the one who is the fallen warrior that's laying next to you. goes on to say, restore. Restore gently. How can we restore gently if we're wounded ourselves and not in a spiritual place that we know the Word of God, knowing He is for us? And and to consider that comrade as your brother more than your brother, it says your brother, but yet we need to consider them as a warrior, your fellow warrior. See, we are connected whether you want to be or not. And we are responsible for that spiritual work. It says to restore gently. Wow, there's a lot said in just uh, in this Galatians six one, isn't there? When you start to break it down, brothers, if someone is caught in his sin and you are spiritual, look at all the talking we've done, and we haven't even got to the restore. Who are spiritual should restore him gently, restore gently. That means in with gentleness and with humility. But I tell you, we can only do this if we're aware of our own fallibility, our own possibility that by grace uh, there goeth I. Because I tell you, as we begin to look at others' sin, we have to realize we are none of us sinless. Oh, we begin to judge their sin compared to mine and begin to justify these things. So we must learn to when when we when we start to deal with someone else, we we first must begin to look at ourselves. We best look at ourselves and see where am I spiritually before I can go talk to him. Am I judging through eyes of hurt, or am I judging through eyes of grace and mercy? Am I coming to, to restore him and help him up, or am I coming to, to heat more coals that would drive him deeper into the darkness? We can only do that by looking at ourselves. If we're looking at them, theirs seems like it's so distant from us. But I tell you, we must look at ourselves to realize that we are sinners saved by grace and that I am still a sinner today and therefore that comrade needs a sinner to come alongside him as God would have him to do with grace and mercy. With love. Unconditional love, if that's possible through, through someone who thinks more of himself than that he does of his brother. Examine our own self when others fall. Because he talks about temptation. The temptation he's talking about, I've always thought it was to sin, to fall into their sin. But I tell you, it's to fall into my own sin by judging them. It's not about their sin that's the problem. Their wound is not my problem. Their wound is their problem. How I respond to stop that wound from killing them is my responsibility. It's your responsibility. Watch yourself that you also may be tempted, it says. What are you tempted? Temptation is an intense test. It's a a test of our thought process and it's a test of our heart. And it's intense because it comes up suddenly and, and it has so much repercussion. I tell you that Jesus was tempted Samson and David and, and Abraham and Sarah and Lot's wife and should not she, she fail the test as she looked back? But I tell you, you and I are in there. You will be tempted to do what? Tempted to judge others when they fall. You'll be tempted to reject those who, who seem unlovable. In fact, you'll want to reject them and cast them out and have nothing to do with them and there are out time for that. But man, when is that time? Knowing that their salvation, their soul is at stake. We're tempted to criticize, we're, we're to exploit or condemn. See, when we do these things, all of a sudden, what does it say? But watch yourself, for you may also be tempted, tempted to do these things instead of becoming the comrade to lift up and stand beside. Galatians 6.4 Each one should test his own actions, Thus, he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. See, the trouble is when we compare ourselves to someone else, what do you see? Oh, look at his sin or her. It's a tough spot. But battle is a tough spot. See, we're warriors. We're in the army of Christ, and, and what we have to do is to realize what the goal is. What is the goal? To fight a good fight, to, to, to continue the battle, as a, you know, and, and, and to realize it's, it's getting to the end. <laughs> and everything endured between the beginning and the end. Amen. To the end, meaning when we get home to be with Jesus we need to test our own motives and test our own attitudes. Begin to examine yourself and test your own motives and attitudes. And the test is always in the circumstance. The test is in the time that comes along. Are we exercising compassion? Or are we not? Are we giving the fallen a hand up or are we giving them a push away? It's a tough spot. Are we shaming them? In shaming them, we're shaming ourselves. Does that make sense? In shaming them, we're shaming ourselves. And we're not lifting up and giving God glory, but bringing shame to the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died for us. We're not becoming a reflection of the light that Jesus is in us, but showing the darkness that's truly there. Don't think that we've, any of us, arrived. We have not. The military say, Leave no man behind, fallen or alive. That's their motto, to leave no man behind. I'm telling you, we're in a battle. We better start looking at things as a military thing with strategic moves and, and to believe that, that we have, yes, the greatest commander, the, the greatest God, and the greatest of all things hope for us and with us, but we have to choose to respond to them. We can have the greatest equipment, but if it's chaos, it means nothing. If we don't know how to use what we have, it's nothing. If we desire not to use it even though we have it, It's nothing. Would we leave a fallen soldier of war behind? That's one we have to ask ourselves. If we're truly in a spiritual battle, would we leave a fallen soldier behind? If we're in a battle and we're part of the the, the, the army of God, would you leave a fallen soldier behind? Someone who has stumbled, who has hurt along the path? Would you walk away, wash your hands? How about a brother or sister? I'm talking about your maternal brother and sister now. One you grew up with. You learn to love to hate sometimes, amen? (laughs) But that hate goes away quickly, doesn't it? When you come together, what do you discuss? The best of times. You know, all the family reunion, there's a lot of chaos in my family and everybody's come from a lot of places. But you only discuss the funny good times. It always seems to be that way. You may discuss the hard times sometimes, but it always ends up with a laugh and a joke. And But guess what? Do we do that for a brother and sister in the Lord? Do we stick together as if we were tied at the hip and, and to end up with joy and laughter in the end? Or do we just wash our hands from them? Oh, you you went your own way. And sometimes that does happen. I'm not saying never do it, but but to explain. To ex- Spend all expenses to reach out to them and call them and and just to be reminded of their need in prayer. Talking about a believer in Christ, brother and sister. That which will last in eternity. Tell you, your brothers and sisters only last a lifetime. But brothers and sisters in the Lord is forever. How much greater that we need to have that relationship with them. Because we're going to be rejoicing before the Lord together forever. Providing the attitude doesn't keep us from there. We have to do it through the attitude of restoration, to restore them. An applied love. Even though it hurts to <laughs> You ever heard this hurts me more than it does you? Mm-hmm. Heard that in punishment, but how about in restoration? Which is not punishment. But yet it hurts me more because I'm fighting the battle in my own spirit and in my own wants and my own wills to, to get to what God's will is that they be restored. Praise the Lord. Is that the Lord, Bob? Yes. It must have been, God. I'm sure. Now, Jesus, I'm Praise the Lord. Yeah. Praise God. I want to leave you with a couple of scriptures Matthew 5 44. I tell you to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Who is an enemy? Anybody that's against the Lord. But I tell you, we see our enemies of anybody who is against me. Who doesn't agree totally with me. Those who have spoke out against me. <laughs> Does those speaking? Of, if that was all it took, Paul would have been, just gave up long, long before he did. Now, Paul never gave up. He gave up his life unto Jesus Christ. He finished the race. Love those who persecute you. To speak good about those who persecute you. To pray for those who persecute or walked away from you. Actually, you know something? We take it too personally. They walked away from the Lord. <laughs> and hopefully they walked away from the Lord that's in you. Does that make sense? Consider pure joy to, to face persecution if it be in the name of the Lord or for the Lord's sake. So we have to realize if they're walking away from me, then they're walking away from the Lord that's in me. And if it isn't that way, then we better begin to go back to square one and begin to get to be spiritual person. He who is in the Lord and 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 dealing with people in the form of grace and mercy. In respect to the Lord, bringing uh, the glory to the Lord and allow someone else to be praised. Oh, we all want to be praised. Oh, look what you've done. (laughs) Look what the Lord done. Giving Him the glory, allowing someone else to get praised. And you know what happens? God will fill us afresh again and, and, and we'll learn to deal with things because He's going to keep bringing us things that need to be dealt with. Because the only other thing is to reject them, send them into the darkness where they're lost, and we think that we're in a good place, but reality is we haven't examined ourselves. We're not in line with God's Word, so we're in a bad place, too. Oh, they're in a worse place. I'm in a bad place. <laughs> where is any of that good? Where is any of that going to say, Well done, good and faithful servant? Because we're not doing what the Lord has required us to do. And they're not receiving the Lord or, or being restored. So all of a sudden we think we're good. But guess, can you imagine getting there thinking, oh man, here it is. You stand before Jesus and He says, go for me. I didn't know you. Oh Lord, I did not say, yeah, you've done that all right. You done it that you would receive the glory and the honor. And, and you done it thinking uh it for me, but really it was for you all along. 1 Peter eight. Above all, love each other deeply, and we know what the rest says because love covers a multitude of sin. But can I tell you, love forgives over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Love forgives over and over again. It keeps you know keeps no account of wrong. I can go right to the love chapter and tell you all about a lot of things it says. Keeps no account of wrong. Whoa. How many accounts are you thinking about in your mind where you're holding against somebody? All they done wrong. Does two wrongs make a right? And when we respond wrong to their wrong, we're both wrong. Let me read Galatians 6 1 to you again, brothers. If someone is caught in the sin, you who are spiritual shall restore, should restore them. Gently, you shouldn't have to jump through a hundred hoops. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Tempted to respond, how? (laughs) Tempted to sin because they sinned. If we respond wrong, it's a sin. And if we respond wrong because they sin, that doesn't make our sin any less than theirs. Brothers, caught in a sin, you who are spiritual, restore them gently, but watch yourself, for you too may be tempted. An intense test, tempted. <laughs> How many times do we fail the intense test? Especially in the spur of the moment. Let us to end today as we began rejoicing in the Lord. Put you on the spot. <laughs> I think they were telling you to get up there. Maybe That's <laughs> what it was. I don't know what it was. Praise the Lord. As they're playing... If you need prayer, I want you to come forward. Your reasonable act of worship. We want to worship God. We want to lift our hands. We want to lift up our hearts sometimes. But we want to do it at a distance where nobody sees. Because if they're looking at me, what do they really see? Examine yourself, it says. Watch yourself. That means examine. And what you find, you put under the blood of God. The blood of Christ. And you will be forgiven. Our responsibility is forgive over and over and over and over again. Not giving up. Not willing that any should perish. That's God's will and that's His will for our lives as we deal with others. Get in the play, brothers. Can need prayer today. Come forward. I encourage you to come forward. God is speaking to speak into your hearts. Does that mean you doubt the power of God? You doubt his word? I don't know. You doubt that he'll that touch you and do as he says he'll do? I don't know what you think. You doubt that you need the Lord? King of kings, Lord of lords. we see with our eyes not a way that we feel with them Lord God but may we Heavenly Father we thank you for what you've done here today the things that you have continued to strengthen the things that you've called into existence that weren't there before the things you're going to do in our future in our lives in our homes in our neighborhoods in our world glorify your name Father Everything that you saved. In Jesus' name, we pray a blessing over the food that's out there today. A blessing over our time oh, fellowship. fellowship time. Coffee. <laughs> Coffee counts as food. <laughs> Coffee and donuts today, guys. There you go. And our time and all the believers, the group there today, too. As well. In Jesus' name. Praise, Praise the Lord. Lord. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for praying today and believing with us. As as it seems to be a thread of, of aching bodies today and, and afflictions on backs, it seems to be a thread to this congregation today. So if you want to know how to pray, pray for, for strengthening and for faith and for hope and and uh, God would strengthen our bodies, amen. As He strengthens this body of believers. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming and sharing.